Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that provides you with crystal clarity in every dimension of your life, your leadership, your passion, your joy, your self-awareness. We're amazing, and we're here for another episode. We're just coming off that Clayton Christensen episode, and it's still one of my favorite guys to read about. We hope you're still thinking about it. And that's kind of what got us stimulated to do a little even deeper dive on this topic of humility. Uh, I've done a lot to prepare for it, and I still don't feel prepared exactly, which is why I am so grateful to have my producer, Matthew Passy. Matthew, welcome to today's show, my friend. You're going to have to help me out here today. You're being very... Very humble about all of this right now. <laughs> well, I want to do a perfect show on humility. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just talk to the leaders out there listening about this topic. The place that I ground it is actually from Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. And just a quick word about what happened. He was trying to write a book to isolate in his research specific qualities and characteristics that he could measure that were indicators, statistically valid predictors of what he called long-term success. These are companies of enduring value that over 15, 20 years, the value of that, the equity, the value of the brand continued inexorably to increase and get better over time. And as he was doing the research, he specifically gave the instructions, I don't want any iconic CEO energies talked about. I really want to isolate the data and I want to get away from the big names. And that's how they started. And according to what I read in the book, the researchers kept stumbling across this idea that the energy from the CEO was just an unavoidable factor. And they eventually convinced Collins to let them talk about it and put it in the book and put it in the research. They ended up articulating something they called level five leadership in a simple definition. It was this paradoxical combination of two qualities, paradoxical qualities in the leader who was at the top. One was this incredible amount of willpower. They were just sheerly intensely committed to results, getting over obstacles, making the impossible happen. So it's kind of a warrior-like pushing, uh, gritty, determined kind of deal, right? And at the same time, they were exhibiting these incredible levels of humility. Humility and sort of putting themselves lower on the noise scale, stepping behind the curtain. There was a cool part in the book where he described it as looking out the window or in the mirror. And basically, these humble leaders, when 
things were not going well and there were challenges, the leader, the CEO was looking in the mirror and saying, this is on me. I'm responsible. The buck stops here. And at the same time, when things were going really well, they were looking out the window at the people. They were looking at the employees. They were looking at the customers. And they were just, I'm not taking credit for this. There's so many other factors that are happening. And this, you know, they described again as humility. It was not about them. It was about others. So from the standpoint of anybody in the leadership category, I think we should just take some time on this episode to sort of unpack this humility, which is a virtue. It's kind of hard to define it because it's not necessarily a scientific thing that you can put in a test tube or measure. It's also very quiet. By definition, you can't even determine like who are the humble people because they don't want you to know. It's a quiet virtue. It doesn't shout its characteristics. It doesn't make noise. So we sort of have to do a little bit extra homework to discern what it is and how it works. And if you're listening to the show, I guess I would like for you to be thoughtful about this idea because humility is fundamentally an incredibly powerful leadership attribute. And Collins just brought it to light, but after we started looking around at this topic, there's lots of research about it, a lot of discussion about it. The question I'm still working out is, can I learn it? You know, that's that's a teachable deal. One of the books I was reading about and getting ready for the podcast, the guy said, it's really one way for people to get in touch with a topic is to sort of try to recall or look around the people that you've admired over time and ask yourself, have you ever seen any examples of humility that resonate with you? And I thought it would be a great thing for you and I to talk about just for a minute, Matthew, if you go back in your career, I go back in my career, if either of us have seen any leaders that we were around or witnessed or encountered who we would identify as it was a humble leader was somebody who exhibited this humility. And then from there, we'll just kind of move into the category, trying to define it for the listeners and maybe then talk a little bit by the end of the podcast. Like, how do you get it? If you want it, is it something you can nurture and cultivate? So I don't know if that bought you enough time to talk about it, but I would love if anything's popping up for you, anybody you've encountered by just studying them and what they were about. I think it would be cool to know about it. I think I've talked about this particular boss, supervisor, leader, however you want to describe her in a few different episodes. And I would say she had a amazing, amazing sense of humility. She knew just how successful we were. She knew just what a, an amazing operation she was running. And she always did an amazing job of taking responsibility when things went wrong and affording, delegating, and disseminating congratulations and praise when things went right. You know, in her view, if something didn't go right, it was her fault. And when everything went right, the team earned that accolade. The team did everything right. And I think it's not just her, I think it's the sign of any true leader that has a team of people 
the team is the one that is usually boots on the ground, doing the operation, handling the actual tasks. And so I think truly leaders with humility and successful leaders are the ones who acknowledge it's my team that earned the success for us. And it's my responsibility if they failed because something I did did not equip them or something I did did not set them up for this success. And so I have always, always respected that in her. I have always tried to emulate that in myself. And while I don't think that type of leader is the type of person who gets a lot of press. I don't think those are always the kinds of leaders that we as a society tend to praise. I don't know if I would consider an Elon Musk to be a leader of humility (laughs) from what I understand of him. But I think her, the type of leadership she creates is more enriching, leads to more success, leads to a better working atmosphere and should be the one that we praise, but we live in a selfie Instagram society. So. Oh, yeah. Do you know what comes up for me when you were talking about that? This is like the pre-selfie era. This is like perfect. Jack Welch was the CEO of GE for a long time and one of those enduring quality companies. But the only things I remember about him was like every couple of years, he'd be on the cover of Forbes or Fortune as the number one toughest bosses. Had a reputation of being a real a real (laughs) SOB, you know, Neutron Jack. Okay, great. You're Neutron Jack. Take no prisoners. We're only going to be number one in... God. And then had this big profile picture of him. There was another guy way back in the day who was a big mergers acquisition guy, buy distressed companies, completely decimate them to get costs under control, close plants, fire people. And his name was Al Chainsaw Dunlop. <laughs> like, okay, great. It's the antithesis of this humility thing that you and I are talking about. And I would agree with you. It's not the kind of thing like, hey, let's have an issue of the 10 most humble leaders, right? Like every one of them, by definition, would say, no, I'm not. No, I've declined the offer to be on the cover of your magazine. <laughs> I don't need your list. I don't need to be you know, in your tweet. That's a good idea for us. Maybe we should start that. Humility today. The top selling publication on who's the most humble this month. <laughs> no, nobody'd be signing up. They said, no, talk about somebody else. So if you're listening to this, here's the thing that I want you to come up with. We're making this distinction about power and how it gets used. And there's, I think, an implied feeling here that somehow humility is associated with weakness. And I would say that's the first point I want to make in this discussion with the listeners. You have got to disabuse yourself of any notion whatsoever that for you to act and have a heart that has a humble nature in no way, shape, or form should ever be mistaken for weakness. In fact, I'd make the argument that it takes courage. It takes courage to put others ahead of yourself. 
it takes a certain level of personal security and personal quiet, personal self-confidence to give yourself the platform upon which to say, it isn't about me. It's just not. Because the way I define humility is that instead of focusing on ourselves and what we want and what we need and how we're going to come out looking, we're actually spending our energy discerning the needs of the other people, others. There's an empathy towards them. There's sympathy towards them. There's compassion towards them. You know, this is a touchy-feely word for this conversation, but I believe it includes the ability to show love for the people who come across your path. That's what the virtue of humility is. There's a guy named John Dixon who writes about it, and the way he defined it is he said, it's really a noble choice. Like, it's the choice you make that, that you're going to forego status and power and all these things that you have as a leader, and you're going to deploy your resources and the, the, you know, the things you can do and your influence for the good of other people ahead of yourself. That's how you roll. That's what humility is. It's I'm already using what I have available to lift others up for others. It's not about me. It's a willingness to sort of hold my power, use my power, deploy my power, not to get on the front cover of fortune, but rather to look here with people and others I can support and give it to them to put it into service of them. So I know if we're having this podcast on humility, I think we need to make it clear to everybody who's listening what we're talking about. And I hope we're defining it well here. It's not about thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That's a old expression, a quick definition of this. So I'll just summarize it real quick so we have an operating definition. Just imagine in your position, wherever you are in the system, you're being paid to get results, to make things happen, to lead people. You will use power and determination and will, your forcefulness, like a level five leader. And you're also going to do it in a way where you forgo your own status and your own power and use your influence for the good of the others before yourself. It's always about putting someone else ahead of you. If you really want to get into this, maybe I could ask you to examine as you're listening if you have these two or three things that might sort of indicate or be part of humility. One is you do have to have some kind of dignity about yourself. I use the term self-confidence. Let's just call it self-dignity. You must hold yourself in a decent regard. I think the second thing about humility is you have to make it a choice. There's a willingness for you. You have to be conscious of your power first and conscious of the place you're in. You have to have the dignity, of course, to feel secure. And then you choose. You basically are consciously making a choice that I'm going to put others ahead of myself. And finally, it's a social sort of virtue. This is not some private thing you're doing in your own head, right? You're not kind of clearing your head of all your prideful thoughts and you're talking about your achievements and everything else. It's redirecting your power, whether 
it's intellectual or financial, structural, hierarchical. You're just foregoing it for the sake of other people. That's pretty much the definition that you find in John Dixon's book. It's called Humilitas. I'm going to stop there. Does that feel like a good way of defining it as you're listening to it, Matthew? If we make sure this is clear for the leaders who are trying to get their handle on this topic? I believe it is. I have just one question, one thing that I think you can maybe clarify and help those leaders out there. Because as I alluded to earlier, we're in a selfie influencer social media society. And so our brands and us as individuals are as brands. And it seems that to be a strong leader, part of that job today is to have a strong brand. And is there a way to be both influential, create a presence for yourself and still practice humility? Why don't I try it this way? If you're listening here, you're a leader and you're trying to get your head around this topic. Why don't you look around your world and you look around the brands that you have seen in action? And if somebody has identified with positivity as a brand, their brand is high. They are like a leader by attraction. Tell me if these are some of the qualities, because these are qualities I think that go with humility. Okay. So imagine your brand if people believe this about you. Oh, I love that guy. Or I love that woman. They're awesome. Why is that? They're fundamentally, they always seem to be positive and they always seem to be finding the good in everything that's happening. No matter where they are, there's a positivity to them. There's an encouragement to them. They just feel good to be around and they just speak goodness for people. Then the other thing I noticed about them, they're always talking about honoring others. They're always acknowledging their achievements. Also, you can hear them say it. There's a bigger plan than me, or this is a bigger thing than me. The company is bigger than any of us. The mission is bigger than we are. But they're always sort of conscious of where they fit. They're self-deprecating in that way. There's something always somewhat larger and bigger. They come at you with a freedom in the way they energy. They're not focusing on themselves. When I'm around, this is a person who's always asking, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help? Happy to help you. Tell me what I can do for you. Now, if that's the brand, if you have that story and people are always saying, oh yeah, I love that leader. I love that person because that's the kind of person they are. Who wouldn't want it? Well, let's just recall, let's call it what it is. It's humility. You are the kind of person who's taken all of your ego and put it in the proper place, and you're holding people up ahead of yourself, and you want to bring them up. You want to raise them up. If you're in a position of power as a leader, you've got to use that power, not only to get things done, but you've got to use it to hold people up. If that's branding, and you mistake branding as making sure everybody's talking about you, I think you've missed the point because you can have a brand and people are talking about you and guess what? It's the wrong messaging. Your brand is not a good brand. You're negative. You're self-centered. How many times have you heard this 
in your work life, somebody stealing your work. I try to do this when I'm doing the podcast. I've done okay at it, I think. But, you know, I was talking about some definitional statements from a book. I told you the name of the author. I didn't write it. A guy named John Dixon, a humilitas. Way back when we did some of our first episodes on trust and they had a trust chart, when I was listening to it, I should have given credit to Stephen Covey's son because I think the concepts of that trust schematic were probably first articulated in his book called The Speed of Trust. And I don't recall bringing it up back then, but it's, again, acknowledging this isn't about me. And I feel that way towards the people who've been listening to the podcast. I think this is maybe number 12, give or take. I mean, I hope we've approached this with some degree of humility. We're trying to put something out in front of people that helps them, that holds them in a space, that lifts them up. I am humble to the extent that I can be that I've acknowledged these are gifts that I have. I acknowledge getting them from God as much as anything else. In the end, we've got plenty of time to talk in our future podcasts. I think we've got a worldview podcast coming up at some point where this higher power comes up into the conversation. Um, but I have certainly been blessed, or you'll hear people say the word blessed. In my mind, a blessing is from outside of yourself. It comes from someplace else. And in my case, from God, because I don't think I could take credit for all the good things that have happened to me and the gifts that I have that I'm trying to communicate. I can't take full credit for it. I've been placed in a position with an opportunity and an experience, and now I'm just putting it in front of the audience for their benefit, hoping they can grab something, take something. Oh, I don't know. How did we do? (laughs) maybe there's more to talk about humility at some point like how do you get it i think we did a good job maybe defining it but i'm not so sure we did such a great job going how do you get it well you know what who says we can't so why don't we do this everyone stay tuned come back next week and we will talk about how do you get humility now that you have a better understanding of what it is why it's important and how it makes you a better leader. And speaking of resources and things for making you a better leader, make sure you head on over to sheerclarity.com. All of those great resources, all these great quotes and authors and books that Kevin has cited, we will have links to those in the show notes for this episode available at sheerclarity.com. While you're there, subscribe to the show, leave us a rating and review, connect with us on social media. So many great resources that humbly will help you become a better leader by attraction. It's all available at sheerclarity.com. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the episode. I'm Matthew Passy. He's Jay Kevin McHugh, and we will see you next time on Sheer Clarity.